to part three of our Kislev extravaganza. It is Hanukkah. We are in the mode. We are in the zone. I can't believe we're here. Um, it has been a great three shows that we did right here in the Fleischik kitchen. I want to thank uh, Fleischik's magazine, Schiff and Shlomi Klein. A part of the uh, finally, we got some flashics. We had some parav, we had some, someone tried to do milkshakes in the flashic kitchen, and now finally, we get some good quality flashics. We are doing some flashics. We are going to have an amazing show. Thank you so much, flashics, for joining us. We could make it happen, and I can't wait for you guys to start cooking and get this place smelling. Get the greases going. This oh, it's going to be an amazing show. We've got Melinda Strauss also going to join us for some uh, eating. I'm well, hoping that uh, I see Bosch's here. I'm just hoping that we've got some, besides the meat, I hope we've got some um, apple cider. Yeah, yeah. Bosch is working. He needs some help there. All right. So let's let's get the show. Get started. I'll help them there with the Okay, you go help them there. And I'm going to get the show introed out. Welcome to Table for Two. I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about... All the food, all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking, eating at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a Kosa personal chef. My business is called The Aussie Gourmet. I wrote two cookbooks, run, run uh, kosher cooking competitions, uh, do cooking classes, taste like catering, and I travel the world sampling kosher food and seeing Hashem's beauty. Hope you'll tune in and hear about my cooking adventures, incredible guests, kosher food traveling, and sharing your great food ideas and recipes each week. But I also want to hear about your experiences too. So feel free to email me, Naomi at Nakam Siegel, or reach out to me through Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook. Uh, share. So if you eat something... Share it with me because I love to hear about where you ate and what you made, especially from things that we've talked about from the radio show. Um, wow, it's been a really fun three weeks being uh, settling here. In, in We like kind of moved into the Flayship Kitchens for a day and we recorded a whole bunch of incredible shows. But I knew I always wanted to do a show um, with my friend Bosch. Um, we did one already. We did it one was already. So much fun. It was fun, but we, we we didn't do so much real cooking. We did no cooking. We did no cooking. We spoke about the different cuts of meat and what how Jew, every Jewish butcher calls it the the same kind of meat, a different name. Like we spoke about that, but but today's going to be all about because we're in the flesh and cooking. We have. Why don't you introduce Jonah? Ch Jonah from Choose Meat Market here in the Five Towns. So I I met Judah. Jonah. 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 Yes. Jonah. I thought you said Judah, but I knew it was Jonah. I'm like, what is he talking about? Okay, I'll, just remember the whale. Okay, yeah. So I, I was walking. Uh, I was doing some shopping. Uh, I think I went to the store, Japarrel, women's clothing store, actually, and I walked by Choose. And I said, I've never gone in there because I'm a Gomiglat girl. I just run in and run out, do all my shopping in Gomiglat, a little bit Costco. But I said, you know what? Let me go in, check out the foodie scene because, you know, it's it's there, and I love food. And I'm going to see what it is and. I met Jonah, and he introduced me to the most incredible lines of meats that he has. And he even gave me a sample to take home and cook, which I did, and it was incredible. Um, but it, his meat is a little different. He's not a typical butcher shop. So, um, Bosch, we're going to talk to first a little bit Jonah, and, and then we're going to talk a little bit about you, and then we're going to bring him Melinda, and then we're going to all eat, and Shlomi's going to be so happy. Okay. It's, it's funny because... Well, you say you walked by and saw the store. I did the same thing. And then I walked in and was like, oh, you're carrying marble and green. I work for marble and green. We sat down and we talked for three hours. And it's like, right. oh, wait, we have other things. That's how do. it rolls here. That's how it all starts. Right. Well, I was in your store for at least an hour when yeah, we were smoothing. a great conversation. Um, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the show. It's Our a pleasure. pleasure. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to create a concept, um, somewhat of a grab-and-go meat market um, that specialized in some of the um, higher-end, unique kosher products in the market um, that you don't typically find in your, in your typical kosher supermarket. Um, so the main draw of the store is I have a great relationship with Holy Wagyu based down in Texas. Um, and that's I, a kosher Wagyu? Yes. So I have Can, a – yeah. Let's pause. Hold yeah. on. What is Wagyu? Because not everybody is familiar with Wagyu. Absolutely. So Wagyu is actually a Japanese word. The de direct translation is Japanese cow. Um, in America for centuries, um, there's been a process of bringing over embryos from Japan and Australia to breed them with uh, domestic black Angus cattle up until the point where the genetics convert to a percentage of Wagyu. So I would say 95% of the Wagyu in the United States, both on the kosher and non-kosher side, is a mixed breed. Um, Holy Wagyu is currently the only product on the market 
in a retail setting where you can find authentic 100% full blood kosher Wagyu. And what that means is that the genetics are 100% Wagyu with no trace of crossbreeding. So it's a multiple generation process um, where the cow's genetics convert over a period of time and the result is meat that tastes like butter, for a lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> soft, soft. <laughs> uh, the flavor profile is very rich um, and there's a lot of health benefits too as well. Um, so it's, that usually doesn't go together with, no, with you, red meat. Yeah, you know, I, I have a lot of conversations with people in the store um, and I give them the, you know, the, the rundown um, of what makes Wagyu um, healthy for you. And I say, take this information, go to your cardiologist, go to your uh, doctor and brag about, you know, eating the good stuff. Um, because it's rare in this world that you get to eat something that tastes wonderful, that is also also has health benefits to you as well. Um, so it's the best of both worlds in that sense. Okay. Jonah, yeah. I'm cutting in here. I'm not Hi, Shlomi. Um, Bash, move over to your right a little bit. Um, Jonah, just tell me, people ask us about this, and um, I just remember where it came from. Yeah. Take a look and see what I'm talking about. And, Put the uh, microphone in your mouth. There you go. <laughs> in case of emergency, break glass. Yep. There is a piece of meat that is hanging at the back of... Uh, the Flashix magazine counter. This was actually a gift from Jonah, yeah. and uh, it's something that they do at Shoes Market. So I was like, "Oh, I remember." That, that is that, that is adorable. That is adorable. Yeah, you um, know, in it's case a piece we... of meat. You know, in case of emergency break glass. Exactly. Where theirs is uh, like a piece of. It looks like meat. It's not really meat. It's like no. foam. Yeah. Um, but it's very adorable. Um, okay. So what is the difference? But like you spoke a little bit about, the, I, I'm like, when I look at it, yeah. like how does one tell? So that's the, the first telltale sign, if you will, that the intermuscular fat or the marbling that's found in Wagyu is a lot more predominant than um, your typical black Angus or domestic cattle. Um, what that comes from is the way in which the cows are raised, everything from living a stress-free life to the type of feed that they're given to the type of finish. Um, so there is some truth to happy cows means good meat, right? There's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. Um, when cows are stressed, they start a process where they release toxins into their bloodstream that start to break down the beef, right? So It starts um, to toughen up the meat as well, yeah. off flavors. Also, with the Holy Wagyu, I was talking with, um, what's his name? Um, Yehuda. Yehuda. Yeah at a recent event, and we're discussing his feed program. With all cattle, feed program is your biggest um, and your most important thing in the entire raising of cattle for uh, It's meat. what the cow is eating. Correct. So by marble and grain, our meat is able to choose between grass and grain, but the grass is all aged a little bit, so it has less... Um, so the grass is aged and then the meat is aged. Correct. because <laughs> And then you age. If there's too much beta-carotene in the grass, it prohibits marble buildup in the meat. Really? So with the Holy Wagyu, they're on a pure green diet, I believe, for the last six weeks, which leads to a larger fat content and a more marbleized meat. How long does a cow's lifespan? <clears throat> Usually around six months. Okay, so when you shecht it, is that because you kill it? Or yes. just in general? No, the cattle can live years. Oh, okay. But On the Wagyu side of things, the cows, the cows do live longer lives <coughs> as well um, because they have to develop a little more in terms of getting that marbling um, to come through. Um, so I think Wagyu cows in general um, are closer to a, a 30 to 36 month life cycle before they're shechted. That's one of the difference, differences between Wagyu cattle and traditional beef. Okay, and now I'm assuming, I know, <laughs> that it's a little bit pricier. Yes, definitely. What is causing this giant price? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple factors that contribute to it. I'm asking the tough questions here. <laughs> Let's go for it, absolutely. Listen, in, in any segment of life, right, you have, uh, you have things that um, are a lot more expensive than others, and there, there are reasons for it. Um, the main reason is because of the, um, the feed program, the care of the cows, right? Having the cows live good, natural lives 
um, is a costly endeavor, right? Um, if you think of the way the industrial cow industry is run, it's basically trying to pack as many animals into as tight facility as possible to keep costs down. On the Wagyu side of things, um, it's letting them live their lives the way that they would like to be, to be lived. Um, so because of that, they're a lot more expensive in terms of keeping them with independent ranchers as opposed to industrial facilities. The feed costs are higher. And then in terms of the scarcity of it, um, the numbers as of 2020 are that there are around 7,000 full-blood Wagyu cattle in the U.S., right? Every given month in the U.S., around 3.8 million cows are slaughtered as a whole, right? So, Dude, yeah, let's wrap our heads around that. that. I, I need to pause and process <laughs> that. Math, numbers aren't my thing. Yes. What's the first, how many Wagyus? So, full-blood Wagyu cattle, as of 2020, there are approximately 7,000 full-blood Wagyu 7, cattle in the U.S. 3.8 million, million that are slaughtered each 7, month. 7,000 to 3.2 million. Let's yes. grab yes. our heads around <laughs> that. So, so okay. it's something that supply is not and demand supply and, and demand, know. exactly, and it's not something that's mass-produced, right? Um, there's a lot of cost that goes into raising these cows right. that ultimately ends up having the product look like this and taste like this, which we'll find out shortly. Um, yes! Yeah, and it's it's an expensive proposition, um, and it's a, and a it's with wagyu, right? We were talking about the nature of it being full blood. What that means, as I said earlier, is that the genetics are 100% wagyu. That doesn't happen overnight. It's a time period. It's about a three four year process until the genetics of the cow convert, right? So there's a there's an aspect of it in terms of recouping costs as well. Wow, it's like a super intense, yeah. when did this whole trend start in the big wide world and then when did it become a trend? Because we're always a microcosm yeah. of the non-kosher world. Yeah. You know, how long has it been in the big wide world and then in the kosher world? Yeah, so, I mean, in Japan for centuries and centuries, they've been doing this, right? They've been, Japan has been known for creating the best beef on the right. planet. That's why you have Kobe beef, which is, it's a Wagyu cattle, but also it's a process. Where they massage the cattle, they feed them beer. I mean, it's I want to be a Kobe beef. When I come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good life. But Kobe beef has been centuries-old techniques. The Jap the Japanese are very into their traditions, and a lot of countries are very, very, very yeah. traditional. They don't deviate off. It was years and years until you could actually get wagyu beef outside of Japan. There was actually a smuggling um, operation that happened, I want to say in the 80s, where somebody stole eight head of Japanese cattle from Japan. Eight head? Eight head. Eight, eight uh, cattle. Head is cows. a term for head a specific is a term cow. For yeah, exactly. a cow. A steer. Yeah. Okay. They stole eight cows. How do you steal? You can't put it under your coat. <laughs> Can you imagine? There's, you're like a big coat walking around with a cow behind you. Eight cows. No, but So you have you, imagine... This was an international event that Japan was furious because they weren't allowing these cattle out of, at, the country. out of the country at all. Until they saw how much money it could bring in. Mm -hmm. Nope, they didn't care. No, after this event that Bosch is speaking <coughs> about, they actually placed an uh, export ban on Japanese Wagyu cattle. So currently there is no, it is illegal to bring those cows over from Japan. The way it's done is, you know, muscles are frozen, whole pieces are frozen, and you have to be a certified... Um, recipient as per the Japanese Wagyu Association in order to sell authentic Japanese Wagyu and in do the we US. have that? On uh, the kosher world, it doesn't exist right now. So how do we yeah. get it? Uh, well, someone has to fly me to Japan and let me shop. <laughs> 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 yeah. We're taking sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Bosch.com, there you go. <laughs> no, I think that's a vegetarian site. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there is a Bosch. It's Bosch exclamation mark and they're vegetarians and oh. British. Oh, God. Very not me. Uh, yeah, not, not, yeah, no. Nah. Um, okay. Um, well, so we're going to cook up a storm in a little bit. But let's talk to uh, Bosch for a minute. Let's, let's, let's talk to you so about. So I actually want to show you guys. So for I want to talk to you about your restaurant. Oh, we're going to talk about the restaurant. Bosch has a restaurant now. Well, I can prepare for that one too. I can it's switch. called Carbon Charcoal <laughs> and, 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 and Grill. He's just got many layers. I have all the things I have to represent. Okay, exactly. So where did you... When did you start the restaurant and what possessed you? You're like a very busy human. He doesn't he has a job outside of the food industry. He has a computer program, right? Shh. 
So it's a secret. He doesn't, he doesn't want to make money. He just likes to play with his hobby of cook me, cooking me. So you, how, talk to me. When did you end up with this restaurant and why? So my friend Gabe Don called me up. Um, it was right before Pesach. Because okay. we had nothing else to do around Pesach time. I don't know. I'm doing nothing other than, before Pesach. Other than Wink, start wink. a restaurant. <laughs> so he called me up. He goes, I'm opening a restaurant in Crown Heights, and I'd like you to come on as a partner. I need your expertise in meat and sausage. So I was brought in to build the menu and build the recipes. And it's been five months since. Amazing. How's it going? It's going well. You having fun? Oh, all the time. I'm going to be in Crown Heights December 12th. I'm going to come for dinner. Excellent. I have a question for you, Bosch. Okay. What's your hottest um, dish? What's the most requested dish at Carbon? I know. Shlomi knows the answer. There's obviously a reason why I'm asking. Okay. I'm wanting, I'm wanting to hear. But watch, watch him now answer something else because he knows what I want him to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that people come back Is for the most me? Are, em <laughs> are empanadas. Really? Yes. He, knew, he knew what I wanted to say because Bosch actually shared a recipe. I'm not sure if it's the exact same one, but he shared a recipe for his empanadas in the restaurant issue. Correct. Which is coming up soon. It's coming up in January. But let me tell you something. I've had those empanadas and they are phenomenal. Really? I also had them at the shoot and they were amazing. Olives <gasps> and eggs, like stuff that you wouldn't expect in a typical... I mean, in, I shouldn't say typical. In the empanadas that we're used to. Right. These are traditional Argentinian and Cuban empanada. But, but that's the kind of stuff you expect when you go to Carbon. I mean, it has Everything a, a there really is interesting authentic. menu. It sounds like you just said Carbon. He's, he's gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, <laughs> Melinda what did wants you to say, Melinda? Dessert. dessert is so good. We, is so good. we make everything in-house. Okay. Between our lava cookies, our afajores, our um, carrot cakes, everything's made in-house. Fantastic. Oh, passion fruit lemon, uh, lemon bars. Oh, I can't wait to come. <laughs> from a meat restaurant like this, that dessert is going to be on the same level. Can people hear Melinda? Why don't you just get on the camera then? <laughs> we have, let me introduce you. Hop on in. It's fine. It's a good time for you to come in. We've got TikTok star, Melinda Strauss. Hi, Mel. Mel. You tell me where to go. I'm Hi, Mel. <laughs> Mel and I just did a little tour of Italy. Um, we joined Susie Fishbein yeah. as as uh, customers for her um, uh, Florence tour. tour. Yeah, we had the best time. Our friends that we met there, I was texting Simi this morning. We all, we have a WhatsApp chat and we but talk all the time. It's going all day. And what I, are we drinking? We, I said we. Yes. I said we yeah. on purpose. We are drinking. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, we, we drank a lot in Florence. We so drank a lot. Uh, yeah, I got everyone to drink Aperol. Have you ever had Aperol? I don't think so. It is delicious. Okay. So aside from doing meat. Okay, where's okay? One for you, one for my me. other hobbies are home brewing. So this is a cranberry apple cider, because I don't have enough hobbies or things to do with my time. And he also has like five kids. How do you find the time, Bosch? Um, do I don't sleep? sleep. Okay, there you go. I had to get an answer. <laughs> I also don't sleep. I was about to ask Naomi, how do you find the time? I or don't sleep. I do sleep, but it's only between the hours of like two and eight in the morning. Oh well. Okay. Mm. okay. I'm going to smell it first. Oh. Yeah, that's delicious. It's Is only, it drink? It's only yeah. 16%. Uh, only 16%. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, that's Cheers. crazy. Bosch. How do you measure the percentage? We measure the, um, the gravity based on sugar. So also we can what compute... What does that mean? Gravity means so, weight, no? Yes. But as the sugar ferments, it's pulled out of... You have no more sugar there, so... When you're measuring the amount of sugar left, you have how much sugar you started with, how much sugar is left, and you can use that to calculate alcohol yeah, percentage. That's so smart. I'm going to say you do the, you make the drinks and I will drink that. <laughs> Here we go. You have to be a scientist. He's like a mad scientist. Okay, do I make another bracha? I've made it. No, I think I've covered all my bracha. Is this shahako? Shahako. Okay, I'm covered all my... But I did, um, yeah, I don't I know. I made a bracha. Did you, you didn't hear it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in. the best with making my, my brachos, I have to admit, but I'm working on it. Oh, we'll work on it. Yeah, I said... Oh, this is delicious. Thank you. This is so the flavor of the season. Yes, like it is. Cranberries and... Speaking about flavors of the season, I just want to give a little shout out to our Tuscanini Italian chestnuts. The salt and pepper uh, flavor. Tuscanini is our sponsor of our What's Hot uh, in Food segment. Um, it, it, these are delicious. We actually, when Melinda and I were in Italy, we actually made a recipe with Susie with mushrooms and Tuscan um, and uh, Italian chestnuts. Yeah. 
um, we made it in Tuscan, in the Tuscany region, uh, and it was absolutely delicious. I've also crumbled these into salads, also really good, uh, or just snack on them. They're I've nice heard these are snack. amazing. People actually message me on Instagram to tell me to find them, so yeah. I might actually just steal these after the show, yeah, because yeah. I really want to try yeah. them. <laughs> these are absolutely fantastic. So a big um, thank you to Tuscanini and their incredible products, but especially the Italian chestnuts. After just coming back from Italy. I dream about this. Uh, so you can use these. Uh, it's like your new uh, crouton. But it's not crunchy. It's soft and flavorful and really a great addition to your salad. So, um, All right. Okay. Guys, are we going to cook? Yep. But Bosch is like rushing through the segment because he wants to just start cooking the meat. <laughs> and I'm like hurrying up because, you know, that's fine because I really haven't had a proper lunch today. So... When we ship, I'm going to sit back and relax and just let you take over the show now. <laughs> when we ship meat from Marble and Green, it comes. So what is Marble and Green? Because I don't think we've covered that. We've no. dubbed yeah. shoes. Yeah. Would you? Don't we? We, we, we haven't. <laughs> we did carbon <laughs> because I've had a drink, and we've done carbon. And we're now, what is Marble and Green? Marble and Green is an online meat reseller. Okay. Or you can buy it at Choose Meat Market as well. Oh, you also yeah, sell it? Absolutely. And it's, you also uh, sell, which other brands you sell? So right now we're selling uh, some of the Grow and Behold chicken, which oh, is amazing, amazing chicken, Amazing chicken. Naf and yeah. Anna run a great <clears throat> business. And uh, now we're, we're lucky enough to get it from the Marble and Grain team as well. Uh, the Coach.com team. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Kosher.com. <laughs> Thank you. Kosher.com. Uh -huh. No, kosher.com. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. Kosher.com makes, makes our uh, web series too. Yeah, of course. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I'm sunny side up, and he's... Marble and green. Marble and green. So we, we're a, we raise our cattle in pastures up, upstate New York. They're raised, processed, and shipped all within 20 miles. Like we were saying before, happy cattle make happy steaks, which makes happy people. It's <laughs> cyclical. And happy people raise happy cattle. There you go. And happy people raise happy children. <laughs> Especially when they get steak, but... Yeah. My daughter loves steak. <laughs> so we ship everything vacuum sealed and deep frozen. And they come in these great little bags inside box with dry ice. The bags themselves are also insulated. So it's a cute little bag. And it looks like a brown brown paper bag, but it's got insulation in it. So we have today a gorgeous tomahawk steak. Right. We, we want to try to describe everything that we're doing. Yep. A regular rib steak, which is the same as the tomahawk, just with a shorter bone. And two flat irons. So we're going to actually explain where all these come from. And... I'm going to rebuild a cow for you with the steaks we have here. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> so you're going to like reverse engineer a cow now with... So we're going to start with the Denver steak. The Denver steak also comes, comes from the underblade, which is literally under the blade of the shoulder. You don't have a shoulder... A... <laughs> here. Oh, he's got it on here. <laughs> right there. Okay. In the chuck section. So you would have this... Because I'm not a cow. You'd have your. So should I hold it? Would that be like no, here? No, no, because this is gonna be on the. This could be on the bottom. Um, okay, actually, going. no. We're gonna do. <laughs> here, our ribs are here. We're gonna. We're putting together two rib steaks, and we're so rebuilding a cow. We're gonna start from, from the cuts of meat. We're gonna start this from our rib section. This is very smart. Yeah. So, ribs. Actually, that Just way. Flipping it over. Okay, I was wondering actually about that. The rib steaks continue into the front of the cattle. Then into the head. No, into the front, and that becomes the chuck. Okay, which is then you have your chuck eye, the, which is under the shoulder. Correct. This under the shoulder. Then on top of that chuck eye is your underblade roast. Okay. Then you have your shoulder blade. Then on top of that, you have your flat irons. Okay. That's what you gave me, I think. Right? Yes, exactly. It's amazing. So, these are, when people say, oh, I don't like chuck, there's a lot of different muscles in the chuck, of which these two, ah, now I'm breaking things, <laughs> are two of the best. Just don't break the Fleischig's kitchen. Okay. Somebody won't be happy. No. 
Okay. So what are we going to do now? Okay. We're so going to pick them all. We're not cooking them all up. No. So. Is it kind of like, oh, darn. No, can we, what about, mm. I love all this. Need some more heat. Yeah, if you need anyone to cook this up at home, you know. <laughs> so these are going to take a long time, so we're not going to cook them right now, but we'll send one home with Naomi. Oh, yeah. But, so the reason why we brought the rib steaks is these are prime, USDA prime rib. You can tell based on the marbling on the rib itself. Now, marbling means just a little, like, uh, literally marbling of fat that goes through it. And you want to eat marbling. You want your meat to have a little bit of fat because it, it, that's what makes it soft and delicious. Um, fat lean is flavor. Meat, right. Lean meat is chewy and flavorless. Might so, be a little bit healthier for you, but it's yucky. So <laughs> eat chicken instead. Not really. What? Uh, what's, not, what's not really? It's not really healthier for you. Unless you're on a low-fat diet, but... Right. Okay, there you go. So this is USDA Prime. You can tell based on the amount of marbling you have on the meat. What's the difference between tri prime and not prime? So you uh, have and other different levels? All the good questions. I was, was going to get to that. Okay, good. And this is Wagyu. So you can see how much over prime Wagyu's marbling is. So what prime is, you have three levels uh, for edible meat. You have choice, select, and prime. Choice, select, and prime. What so, do we get at a typical supermarket? You're getting... And they're all American meats. Yes. I, is, I won't even touch the South American stuff this in, is, in America. This is USDA grading. It's an optional program that a company can pay to have their meat graded. Okay. And as graded, you get to say, okay, yes, this is prime. I can charge more for it. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's also something that's predominantly new to the kosher meat industry, that traditionally um, you weren't used to seeing whether it's prime, select, um, or choice labels on your meat in a kosher supermarket over the past few years as the education on meat has gotten uh, more and more profound, I think you're seeing a lot of kosher meat organizations who are beginning to grade their meat. Um, just a second. We're just, our pan's starting to sizzle, so let's toss a piece of meat in. Are you going to cook some meat? Are you ready to be flashing, Melinda? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's always ready. ready. It's like enough for the milkshakes. I always have to say, Kay always says, Naomi, make sure when we do a milkshake show, I need to know in advance. So Flashics is ready for. You can see, once again, the marbling on a prime piece of meat. And that marbling... Should I, can I just get rid of this? Thank you. Uh, the best sound in the world. I uh, know. I said that also. <laughs> that sizzle. That sizzle is incredible. I hope everyone can hear can the sizzle. We've taken down. a giant cast iron skillet. Well, I want to talk to you about cast iron. And we put down... With some oil? Is it oiled? It's seasoned already, so... Seasoned? What does that mean? It means that it has oil in it, and the oil has been... Let it's flavoured by the past cooking. Right, it's palmerized. It's, it's ghosted, but it, it, the ghost <laughs> of other meals lives on here. Um, Barbecues like society. It's built, best built on the ashes of those who came before it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that one. <laughs> That's great, Bosch. Can we just talk about the cast iron pan? In general, why would you want to grill on a cast iron pan as opposed to, say, grill pan nonstick? So grill pans I really don't like because those ridges, you don't have enough contact between the hot surface and the meat itself. Ah. A cast iron is a heavy, heavy piece of metal. Once it gets hot, it holds that heat. So when you put something in, all of a sudden the temperature doesn't just drop. So this will hold the heat. It takes, a it takes longer to get hot. But once it's hot, it's going to stay hot longer. Are you looking for smoke alarms? Yeah. <laughs> There's one right above you, a sprinkler. We have our tweezers. Thank you. Why, why, do, why, why giant tweezers? Because I couldn't find the spatula or <laughs> Oh, in here or your house? Also, sometimes when you're dealing with a, like a pricey, high-quality piece of meat, you want to use something that's gentle on it, right? As opposed oh. to like some tough tongs that could shred the beef a little bit. Um, you want to be delicate with you the You see the sear on the... This okay. is also... You, you get a better sear. Did, did you season it with anything? Salt or pepper? I haven't seasoned it with anything yet. It's gone straight raw on on a very high... A screaming hot, they say. A cast iron skillet. <laughs> what? There, there is none. Oh, there's no oil. And do you, do you move it around? Do you just let it sit? Like You want to just let it sit? Give us all the tips on steak cooking. So... Um, We've actually cooked steak before in the studio with uh, 
I think with Naf, with Shifra, Shifra Klein has once made a stake in the studio. Remember that? In the, in the, in the city. So we're going to give it a little shot of black truffle sea salt okay. that we got to choose okay. before we came here. Truffles. It's located on Central Avenue. 339 Central across from Seasons. Um, truffle, the flavor profile of truffle, although it's not for everyone, um, pairs very well with the flavor of meat, specifically well-marbled meat. I just went on a truffle hunt I in saw Piedmont. That. In Piedmont. It was amazing. Yes. It kind of looks like a mushrooms. I went and, and um, Judith... Rosen from Divine Italy organized it for me. I'm going to have her on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, it looks like a, we, we went with white, the owners and their dogs, and the dogs sniff out these truffles yeah. near trees, and the, uh, it takes on the flavor of the tree that it's near. It takes on more of a chestnut flavor. It's near the chestnut tree. Yes. It was amazing. We're looking. We found white truffles, which is, wow. was the Those season for it. Those are the rarest, it. yes. Yeah. Very, like hundreds of dollars a pound. Mm -hmm. Don't they use pigs also to hunt truffles? Uh, in France, in Italy, it's uh, dogs or flies. Flies? Yeah, that's what they said. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if they were joking, but I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> okay, that looks amazing. So do you move it around or do we keep it still? We keep it still. I'm going to flip it once or twice. Oh, okay. So that's what we do. We can go back and forth at the right. time. Why? Um, you don't want to get it too hot on one side while the other side's cold. Okay. Also, this way, you cook one side, the other side starts to cool down. That way, you get a better crust on the outside, and the inside stays at a lower temperature. Okay. So, you guys like, how are we? Is that a vent there? Yeah. There you go. Oh, I can hear that through <laughs> my headset. Oh, my God, look at that. Yeah. But where's it putting the air? It does vent out because the vent in my house. Once it goes through anywhere. there, we don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not our problem. <laughs> so far, but the vent in my house doesn't go anywhere. It blows the, <laughs> the air from the two feet away. Does stupid. Okay, looks great. All the smoke is being sucked in by the vent, and Bosch is just flipping it back and forth. He's pressing the pressing the meat down a little bit. Why? Just to make I'm sure just, the contact. No, I'm just seeing how well done it is. Right. What is so? so explain you, that technique to all of us. So. That I don't really like using this technique. I was actually hoping we have a thermometer because that's I, what we forgot. Uh, that's very close to being done. That's what I would say. If we want it medium rare, that meat will oh, it, super fun. Ah, excellent. We're in the Flashik's kitchen, of course. We've got a thermometer. Do you like, how, how do you like your steaks? What's the best way? Medium rare, black and blue? For a well-marbled steak, I'd say medium rare. Okay. I, I, For everything I, else, I also say medium rare. Right. My, I have a daughter who likes it so rare, I can't even eat, look at it. So we're going to do that next. We're going to make a little carpaccio. Oh, you had me at carpaccio. Well, the meat thermometer doesn't work. Okay. That's it. I want now, my money let's back. let's talk about resting as the room is filling up with smoke. <laughs> I hope they're like, ah, 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 smoke alarm doesn't go off. Um... Ugh, it's very smoky. Do we have a back door, a trap door or something? Yeah, there is one back there. Okay. Is this Honeywell machine for uh, that as well? I, don't, I think it's for heat. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Grab a, can you see us through that? <laughs> okay. So, so, um, so, talk about resting. Like, my dad loves to eat his steaks right out of the oven hot. Never. But my mum's always screaming at him, Jack, my dad. Don't eat it. Let it rest. They always talk about letting the meat rest. I, My dad has to eat his meat not so, so hot. Every, need it to rest. You, you have two things with resting. One, it allows the meat to cool down a little bit, allows your outside temperature to start to normalize with your, your inside middle temperature. Two, it allows the muscles to relax a little bit, which will reabsorb the juices which are flowing inside the meat. On the other hand, your meat gets cold. Right. So the amount of um, juice you lose for not resting may not be worth it for having a colder steak. Mm. Okay. Is that Eli? Hello. How are you? Eli Hoffman in the house. Nice of you to come by. How's it going? You saw the smoke alarms going off outside? <laughs> Ran into the neighbors? The, the, the real grill master's here. 
Okay, so how long, what's the best ideal time? I actually set a timer at home for 10 minutes. Is that too long? I would not do 10 minutes, especially on a small steak like this. Yeah. It's already cold. Okay. I mean, I would say a minute or two on resting. Oh, really? I mean, if you're talking about like a big piece of meat, or if you're talking about I cook something reverse sear where it's in the oven at 225 till my target temp, and then I want to sear it afterwards, then I'd rest for 10, 15 minutes because I want it to get cold on the outside so that when I sear it, it doesn't overcook the middle. Here, I'd say a minute or two. Okay, that, that's now. <laughs> Melinda, you ready to eat, lady? It's a little I'll be right there. Okay, okay. I see, look how nice he's slicing that on an angle. Also, we're cutting against the grain. On a flat iron, your grain goes the long way across the muscle. We're cutting against the grain. That way, it's softer. Showing you to come back for dinner. <laughs> lunch. We haven't really had a proper lunch. Could even be breakfast. Mm. Yeah, steak and eggs for breakfast. That's very Australian. If you're not kosher. Okay. Beautiful. As they say, eat my children. SS my kid. <laughs> okay, here we go. This one I have covered need... all the shahakals. This one definitely needs its own. It's so kosher. <laughs> Doesn't need what? It needs its own bracha. Huh. It's so chashev. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you, sir. It is a bracha. You should make a bracha. I, tell you that I'm I was going to say that. I'm diving in. <laughs> That's what I literally was going to say. Hatova him. All right. Oh my god, this is amazing. Oh my god, this is incredible. Everyone is like diving in. <laughs> and all that is is a little truffle salt and good cast iron pan, and quality meat. I mean, quality meat makes the most difference on anything else you do. All the seasonings, all the flavors, anything you put on it, if you don't have quality meat, you got nothing. That is so good. I'm like ready to cry. I'm really just a little bit of truffle flavor and they're not so strong. I'm going to eat this little piece here. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a big truffle fan, but when I had real truffles in Italy, like fresh sliced on the pasta, mm -hmm. I loved it. Mm. Oh my god, guys! I'm it's crying. Good stuff. Like it's just that. Just that. Um, we need a um, paper towel. And there were, we had a right few there. right here. Oh. This is incredible. What if you are a fan of meat? I am assuming you love food because you are here listening to Table for Two. This meat is incredible. Are you serving this kind of meat at your restaurant? No. We only use CHK at the restaurant. Which is what? Sorry? Uh, CHK, uh, Chabad. Yeah. Crown Heights uh, kosher. Uh, the meat from Marble and Grain is Star K. Star K. Mm -hmm. And some other Hersches there. Aren't they Hersches on there? No. Nope. What are they? Halal? I think there's a Mahajan Hashkacha as well. A, on the, oh, yeah. There yeah. is a. See, I know. I could tell. <laughs> and then Mahashkachas. Okay. And, um, okay, so. This is really amazing. So this is available from Choose Market? Correct, or from kosh.com. Kosh.com. Kosh mm -hmm. It's a bit confusing for me. <laughs> Not kosher. Kosh.com. Kosh gourmet or gosh gosh? Kosh.com. K-O-S-H. Okay. Um, let's talk about cooking up something else. <laughs> because that was amazing. All right. Should we just do the do you want to Denver straight raw, or you want to sear the outside first? I, I, I want to do something, a different cooking. Is there a different cooking method, or we always do it like that? These are all tender cuts of meat. So all of them I would do just straight. I mean, the rib steaks, since they're so thick, I would go into the oven. Yeah. At 225. Walk us through it. Yeah, walk us through it. I'd put them in the oven at 225. <laughs> I'd salt them first, put them in the oven 225, we want it to hit an internal temperature about 120. We're going to, once again, rest it for 10, 15 minutes because I want the outside to get cold. And then, once again, screaming hot pan. Sear the outside, just 30 seconds each side, done. Don't have to rest it again. Cut it, serve it. And that's called a reverse sear method. And the reason why it's that's... very popular. Exactly. The reason why that's important with a nice thick cut of meat is because if you put a thick cut of meat, such as these cowboys... Um, or these tomahawks in a pan like this, and you cut it open, you'll end up seeing like a gray band, if you will, mm. that the outer part of the steak will be more well done, 
the center of the steak will be a little more rare. So when you put it in the oven first, what that ensures is basically a edge-to-edge -edge pinkness, right? So you see here, what he's talking about, yeah. you have the gray band around the outside and then the pink in the middle. Right. Those are two different temperatures. That is, the gray band is actually almost well done. Uh-huh. But that's because of the sear. And the inside is still but that's a nice a red. So with reverse sear, that gray band is minimized to just that little crust. And, and that's a good thing, Yes, right? you yeah. want to minimize that because the more, the more gray you have on the outside, the less medium-rare steak you have in the middle. Okay. So by cooking it... Don't mind me. <laughs> Melinda's just coming in here. Would you like a napkin? We've got to talk to you. Don't go anywhere. Let us know when you're done. We have to talk. So by... You have to get you on the air for a little bit. By cooking it slower, you minimize that gray band and you minimize the stress on the muscle, which keeps everything more tender. Okay. It's, you know, people are always talking to me about, like, asking me the best way to cook a steak, the best way to cook a, you know, a roast. Yeah. Do you do um, meat classes in your store? So, right, we're working on it, because definitely. Because this is definitely something, yeah. like, you want to buy, but you're spending a lot of money, and you don't know how to cook it. Absolutely. I would say that I spend more time with my clients over text and over the phone um, than I do in the store, right? <laughs> uh, do we have, <laughs> it's so funny. Do we have the cards? Uh, we do not have the so, card shame on Jonah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, I, I, what, yeah. what Jonah and I did together was we produced cards yeah, in I've the store. Yeah, I've got them in my house. Yeah. I keep it on exactly. my, my kitchen shelf. We produced cards in the store with the names of the cuts and how best to cook them, both traditionally and sous vide. Right. I'm still not into the sous vide. I'm still <laughs> not sold on it. I love cards. I'm not either. To me, there's, yeah. no, there's nothing better than throwing it on the grill the or throwing grill it pan. on a pan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, barbecue, right? Yes. We love, everyone loves to barbecue. When I take a good piece of meat and I put it on my barbecue, it's not as good as it comes out on a cast iron. Because the cast iron has more surface area. Right. Yeah. Than the, and therefore grates. you get a better sear on, on it. What you can always do is, I like, I like to do it with a smoker, smoke it instead of using the oven. Right, but you're a smoker, right? I, I find that whole process overwhelming. I like to eat it, but I'm not going to go start buying a smoker and making it. So a smoker cooks just like a regular oven, just adds flavor no, in I, the process. Right, I understand, but it's a little complicated It's a labor-intensive process. It's a little labor-intensive. For the, for the yeah, yeah. And I, I, So I'm, my I'm, process that I like to do, a little bit of a snobby process, is I like to put my cast iron on the grill, right? So because oh. you're, there's a certain seasoning and a certain flavor that you've built up from using your grill for however long you've had it, so what I like to do is I like to put my cast iron or even a cast iron plate on the grill, get the nice crust on the steak, and then finish it off on the grill grates so you get the best of both worlds. That's always an option as well. Okay, that's actually yeah. a really nice touch. I, I never could, thought about or that. Or you do it the opposite. Cook it. Yeah, exactly. Do then, it on a low grill and then finish it on the pan to get that perfect seal on the outside. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, it, there's a lot to learn. Is there anything else that you would like? What would you pair this with? Um, a nice cranberry apple cider. <laughs> it is delicious. So, what we're actually going to do with this? He's got another piece going so on. So this the is the this is the wagyu um, Denver steak, or known in in Glad as the New York strip steak. Correct. Yes, yes it is. It I'm is. sorry. You can. It may be right or wrong, but that's what it's called in Glad. I know on the. Um, Nuff's website. Um, grow and behold, it's the Denver steak. Yeah. And in, in Gomeglad, it's the New York strip steak. And here it's called the Denver steak. Why so, is it called the Denver steak? Because um, that's yeah. what they decide to name it. I don't know. So when I post on... Hi, Hi just jumping yeah, back yeah, in. So when I post on TikTok and I post different cuts of meat, like every Shabbos, I share, every Friday I share what I make for Shabbos, and I'll share whatever cut of meat I made. And all the non-Jewish people who follow me every week are like, what cut is that? Because there's so many cuts that I always like to joke that Jews love to create new cuts of meat. And it's the same cuts of meat as everything else. We just have so many different right. names for California it. California roast right. in the five towns. Silver tip, Silver London tip. broil. Yeah, you want to put that in there for a second? What, what, We're always going to give... What does Fleischik say? There's a whole Shabbos issue. No, I mean, always... Right. You feature... Yeah, right, right, correct. right, with the black gloves. Hold on. With the black... By the way, it's been creeping me out a little bit with yeah. the hands through the hole, with the holding the no, meat. No, no, the chicken. It's chicken this week. It was like... <laughs> But uh, it's amazing. The chicken this time? So many different cuts like, for the same thing. And that's cool. Like, it's, it's just teaching people like you're doing. So is this raw? Are this we, is raw. This right. is raw. Oh, am I eating this? Yes. Okay. 
I, I trust you, Bosh. Okay. okay, am I eating this you're, raw? You're witnessing this, so. Okay, I just, do I have to eat this big piece of fat? Can I just, there's a, so, trim me down the fat there. So the thing with the Wagyu is. Oh it my would, God, I'm really eating this raw. This is mm, going to melt. Gosh. Okay. This is going to melt in your mouth. Oh my gosh. Okay, you're going to try it? Oh, you have to. This you have no choice, you're here. That is amazing. 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 I'm going to give it a little sear. Just a little sear? Just a little yeah. sear. Well, I will tell okay, you. Okay, I will try that. You don't like it raw? Can you see my one of my? This was delicious. I like yeah. beef. Bosh, are we going to be okay? <laughs> I gotta give a tummy ache. We stuff trust Bosh. Whenever yeah. I have questions about meat, I, we I, go to Bosh. We, I we've had Bosh. A, this is our first chat I, I ever with Bosh and Melinda and Naomi. <laughs> You're the reason that I'm on WhatsApp. Albert, Albert, Albert. What's up, Albert? That is really good. Okay. Okay, I want to try a little. I, I want a little sear. Because I do. I'm happy to eat it raw. That's done. <laughs> Oh, yummy. We're getting a bit of salt on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want one a like that. A little truffle salt. salt. Can I, I cut a piece? Level. Try it without salt. We, we're having too much fun on this set today. Here. I'm going to try that. I'll one you. for Mel. <laughs> there we go. One for Mel, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's even better. So without yeah. the salt? Can I just say, I did mine without Does the salt. Does even need salt. Okay. Can I just say, the flavor of a slight sear is even better than with, it, when they're with the carpaccio. It's amazing. Yeah, it's called cooking. Cooking. <laughs> 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 and the, the God, they fire for a reason. You know, going back to the conversation we were having about Wagyu okay. and, the, and the price point of it and how it's significantly higher than your traditional meat, um, the good thing about the Wagyu <laughs> is that there are some less expensive cuts that if you have a really good knife or if you have a slicer at home, you can create some amazing beef carpaccio with it, right? So as an example... Um, for Thanksgiving last week, um, we did a beef carpaccio with a chuck tender, which in the, in the kosher world is, is known as a kalachal, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, right? I can't pronounce it. So <laughs> no, I think it's how we say Traditionally, a very tough cut um, that you have to braise for an extended period Don't of time. Don't talk too long. Oh. <laughs> I know when I give a cooking class and I'm cooking, I have to really watch the meat. But having said that, if you're able to slice it thin... Um, and with all that intermuscular fat that you find in the Wagyu, it can turn an ordinary tough piece of meat into something very special. Um, so I don't want everyone to be scared of the price point of Wagyu. There are ways that you can get around it at a lower price point and still have an amazing uh, experience. With the salt? With the salt. With the That's truffle salt, ooh. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really mind-blowing. We are having an amazing show here today. This is, you know what, also, it's Hanukkah right now, right? We want to enjoy, we want to enjoy and spending like Hidura Mitzvah, right? Using good quality olive oil for, to light your candles, right? Or to have in your food, Tuscanini. Using good quality meat for your Shabbat meal. If you can, you know, if you want to indulge a little, if you've saved up a little, you'll do something special. This is very special. You know, this is definitely not your, I mean, it depends on your budget but it's not your run of the day meat you also want to appreciate it one you know special occasion stuff special occasion stuff you don't break out a bottle of champagne every night even if i don't like, your celebration i don't like champagne really no no prosecco prosecco <laughs> okay, yeah. what what's my favorite drink now melinda a spritz but a naomi spritz. calls it an aperol spritz <laughs> even though it's a spritz because i'm a high michelle yeah, not everybody was. I made it on Thanksgiving. Not everybody loved it because it's kind of a, a it's little bitter. bit bitter. It's bitter. But I think it's really. You've got to have. It's with. Um, I learned to drink this in Italy when I was. I was there in Italy for three weeks, and we'll talk about that trip um, on the next show. But uh, we learned to drink spritz, and it was. It's. Um, it's the Aperol, New Yorker now. Spritz. Prosecco <laughs> and salsa. And it's delicious. And you always have an orange in there, also. Yeah. It's and also a, a great favorite. drink to sip on the Yarkon in Tel Aviv oh, as well. Oh, yeah? It's a great trip okay. to sit in Italy on when you're working <laughs> on a riverboat cruise. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I was very blessed. I want to go on the ZK is in heaven. Absolute <laughs> heaven right now. Oh, my gosh. I wish you could see him. That was amazing. This is so good. So this was, we just seared the outside. Wow. Makes wow. cutting it a little easier. Yeah. It's like butter. I know we were joking about butter and steak and we don't mix them, but it's, it's got that soft texture. What, this Literal is the Flashix kitchen? We're allowed to bring butter in here? <laughs> Par of, no. Par of, it's okay. No, Par of butter. Yeah, I know in the non-Jewish world, they, they, they finish their steaks with a coating of butter, but I actually learnt this from a chef 
Aviva Friedman. Okay. You take, you know her? She went to no. culinary school, the one that's upstate. The yes, Johnson and Wales. Not Johnson and Wales, but one of the. Ice. So she took her, maybe, she took her egg yolk. She okay. rolled it in cornstarch. Wow. Or I do potato starch when I do this on my demos yes. on pizza. Deep fried it for one second. Wow. And then you put it on top of the steak and then you break open the yolk. Delicious. And it is what? amazing. Yeah. With the steak, yeah, the egg yolk and the steak is amazing. That sounds incredible. It she's was. so talented. She's so talented. Yeah. She she's done a kosher.com show with me also. She's excellent chef. So um, in the kosher world, you can also it's based in the fat. You can either render down beef fat and use a tallow. What's a tallow? Tallow is um, if you take um, hard beef fat and cook it in a pan, you'll render it down to like an oil. Mm-hmm. Think of tallow as Schmaltz's big older brother. <laughs> it's almost like the texture of coconut oil when it's hard, like yeah, when it's cold, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. When, it, yeah. when, when at room temperature, it should be hard like butter. What would you do with this? So Everything. I cook. <laughs> I cook potatoes in it. I, I, I cook. So I, I have a confession. Do you so c- c- check your cholesterol. <laughs> We're getting thanks, older. So we did it. So for Thanksgiving, for our family, we did. Um, we did Wagyu short ribs on the smoker, right? And we trimmed off that fat. We rendered it down. And I may have started injecting that Wagyu beef towel that we're talking about inside of the turkey as it was roasting. <laughs> and let me tell you, it will Say take a turkey to a whole nother level. Yeah. Yep. Say yeah. that again. You so you render, you render down the good fat that you yeah. find on a piece of beef, right? And it becomes almost like a liquid type of yeah, consistency. Yeah, and then you schmid on the turkey. And then you inject it into the turkey. Inject and then you get, yeah. So you know what I learned from Nafa now? You take a turkey and you rub it with duck fat. There you go. And then you yeah. roast that up. And that was wrong, but so right at the same time. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah. It didn't need much else. It was just heaven. Okay, we are like really like <laughs> Everybody's just sitting there probably drooling right now. Right. To we, we, this has been an, an incredible different kind of show. Like really like each show we did here, I felt like we're in the Flashix kitchen. We We've are got in the cook. kitchen. We are. Yeah, we certainly are. Right? We are yeah. in the Flashix kitchen. Flashix magazine kitchen Literally Flashix, surrounded by Flashix, surrounded by people who think and dream and breathe Flashix all day. Um, and I love dairy. I'm just right. saying, I prefer dairy. Really? All, all right. right. I love You're me. off the show. Me. me. Yeah. All right. I want all my followers. All right. All Eli, my listeners, let me know. Email me, Instagram me, TikTok me, message. I don't know, all those things. Let me know if you're a dairy or a meat person. I'm just curious to know. And if you're a dairy person, you can... Uh, send it to Melinda, and the meat people can send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> team, team meat. Team, yeah. team, team, uh, That's why we're such a good pair, meat and dairy. Meat and dairy. Um, but it's, you know, it's just, it's just. I felt like we had to really have people in. I didn't have any call-in guests, which I had lined up for when I was sick and I cancelled that show. I just really, really wanted to have people in this studio celebrating Flashix magazine with us, uh, celebrating great Tuscanini products with us, cooking incredible cuts of meat. Like that was, was like, wow, for us, uh, definitely something that you would want to save up for or in, uh, indulge. Uh, CK, you want to make sure it's off or we're not burning the wires. We will not burn the wires. Well, the fan is loud. Oh, right, and the fan is loud. But I, I think uh, the sound was good. I could hear I could hear nice and clearly. CK's an amazing engineer and control of everything here. Let's turn to Melinda for a couple of minutes. Hello. We haven't really had a chance to really dig into what you've been up to lately. How are you? I'm so good. I, know I feel like I've been in the show in a little while. I just pop in every once in a while. You just pop in every once in a while? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard there was me, so I came. <laughs> she came running. We, this, yeah. this was a show that we really planned, the three of us. When we spoke about this when, I was in, when we were in Italy yeah. together in Florence, how amazing was that tour? Uh, I've never done anything like it before. Susie Fishbein, wow, that girl can lead an Italy tour. Yeah. It was, I, it, I've never been on a, like an actual Here's where you're going at this time, and here's where you're going at this time. And then we cooked all afternoon, and I was or, exhausted. Or we shopped, or we walked. And we were roommates. And we were roommates. And we still get along. So that's a really impressive right, thing. Right, right, right. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Well, we've, we've been roommates before on, on, like, kosher fest overnighters, but this was really, a, like, a whole week. You'll it's like see the that. Chicago trip. Right, but, right. <laughs> we were, like, real roommates for this one. Um, but we, 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 we saw it. Italy in a different light that we, you know, normally you would do. We went to places that we didn't, wouldn't normally have gone to. We have to bring Susie in on the, sh- on this. Oh uh, my God, would that be fun? Tr- you let me know when I'm in. Um, but we, we did a wine tour at Tierra de Seta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to an olive oil factory and we watched 
them pick, crush, and juice. Know, and you know how I feel about bottle, olives. drink the olive oil yeah. all in one slow motion. Um, one, one and morning. I don't love olives, so it was interesting because I love olive oil. But when you walk in, you smell olives, and I was like, I'm going to be okay. But then once you get past that, then it's like all just the delicious olive oil. It was yeah. really, really special. Yeah. Um, and then every morning we had breakfast waiting for us that Susie organized, eggs and cheese and you know, pretty low-key. We made our dinners every night. Yeah, and then we went to cooking school. So yeah. really the, the, the tour was a culinary tour with touring of uh, the local f of Florence. Yeah. She's actually, Susie's currently right now as we are fil uh, recording this, she's in running a trip with Rome or something. Rome and Florence. Right. They did a gelato making thing what? today. Gelato? I'm like, I want to make gelato. Oh, I know. <laughs> that sounds good. It sounds well, we amazing. We made gnocchi and we made our own pasta. pasta yeah. It was good. My diabetes was like running rampant. Yeah, yeah. I would hit <laughs> my peeping type one. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. How long have you had diabetes for? Since I'm 18, so 20 years. So it's, it's really a long time. Yeah. And, and your son now and, has. And Zach's had it for a and year. How's he handling that? Like a champ. Yeah, he's just like, okay, it's annoying, but you do what you got to do but to I stay think, alive. I think had he not had it as a teen, not having a mother. Yeah. It who helped. Ha who probably helped him along. Oh, I would say for, for sure. They were, there was no like shock. Like we asked Nora, how are you doing? She's like, well, you have it. You're fine. I'm like, okay. Right. That's, that's, if that's Is your mindset. Is she nervous? No, no, no. We actually did a test. To see if she has a genetic marker and she doesn't. So, like, that's a very good... I forgot what the test is called. And clearly he had it. Yes. And so did I. Right. Surprise. And but no, none of your other siblings no. have got it. So, mm -hmm. it's just... Thank okay. God. I'd rather me than anybody else. So, right. that's what I'm saying. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you but it was, it, it was definitely it interesting. And then right after Italy was Thanksgiving. And then in even Hanukkah, like, so many latkes and so many donuts. We've and got just, a lot coming up. But, yeah, like, yeah. with everything in life, you do a little bit with moderation. Let's talk about your TikTok well, for the last couple okay. of minutes. <laughs> You've, you, 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 you started off as a food blogger. Yeah. Uh, you had a website. You know, back in the day, you had a website with a food recipe, with a recipe on it. And, and then there was a whole bunch of other honey apple baum and shashi turin and everyone had – I kind of had a little bit not much because I can't really write. So <laughs> that's why Instagram was so good because you could just talk and post a picture and yeah. a recipe didn't need much. Um, and then you were doing Instagram, your Instagram guru, and then you got busy with TikTok. Yeah, you were like, what is going on here? What I just are you doing? Start, so I just started sharing because my daughter was on it. And I'm like – I always felt like when there's a new app, try it out. And I'm not one of those people who gets on right at the beginning. Even Instagram, when it first started, I didn't get on right away. But then I saw it taking off and people were getting into it. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And it's just really having to learn to adapt. So right? do you and Zach do um, synchronized dancing? No, Zach does not like to be on I my loved, TikTok. I loved, I loved what you did with Justin <laughs> yeah. dancing on Instagram. Yeah, he shoved me right off that camera. Uh, <laughs> Zach does not like to be on TikTok. He sets his boundaries, and I respect it. Nora, when she wants to be on, is on. Same with Justin. Like, if they don't want to be on, okay. Yeah, I'm like and if they do want to be make on, me ask them. Yeah, but it's... I started just sharing because it was a new app and I thought it'd be fun and just to like make sure she, what she was watching was okay. And then people started asking me questions about Judaism because like I pop in here and there with a, a kosher recipe or talking about something and, and I was like, wow, people really don't know anything about Judaism and people from all over the world who every day ask me what is kosher. Speaking of food, I mean, hello, like it's every day what is kosher. So I started answering questions and people just kept asking more and it's become a Q&A style TikTok, and I share a lot more. I share lots of fun fashion, and I share all different things because now it's become a part of my personality. Our trip to Italy. Our trip to Italy, right. But the, the biggest thing is sharing and answering questions about Judaism so that people learn about us because I believe a lot of the hate in the world comes from ignorance. People just don't know anything. So they believe their favorite model or their favorite musician when they say hateful things. So for us to be able to share, and I say us because now there's so many amazing Jewish TikTokers educating and sharing about their life and all different levels of the religion to show that we're not all, we don't all look the same, right? You and I are both Orthodox Jews and we look very different. So it's really teaching people that there's so much out there. All of us are here as Jews and look different. I I'm like, not. Bosh, we're doing a TikTok later with all your jewelry on, I, I just can, so you know. I wear a hat so you don't see my horns. There you go. Yeah, see, there you go. And people really think that. I've actually answered that question before. So right, that's the kind of stuff that I like right. to do. And you do it very well and beautifully. Thank and we're you. so proud that And now you we're getting are... Naomi on TikTok. I'm, I, yeah, I did. I posted like, 12 videos at I'm least. So I'm, 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 I'm trying. So if you do want to see more of my shenanigans, you can follow me on at Naomi Nachman. I think I'm on TikTok. Well done. And yeah. I'm the real Melinda Strauss. Yeah. 
and on the fake Melinda Strauss. <laughs> you wish. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much. A big thank you to Flashix Magazine for thank the month you. of hosting us here for the last three shows. I really want to thank everyone. We came uh, this morning and we did three shows back to back, so we would have amazing content for the next three weeks. Thank you so much, Jonah and you. Bosch, for coming in. Um, Mel, always, always a pleasure Love to you. have you. Tuscanini, all your great, amazing products. And we have Kedem sponsoring our music right up until Lichbenching. Want to wish everyone a good Shabbos. You're listening to this actually Erev Hanukkah, right? Hanukkah's this weekend. So wishing everyone a happy Hanukkah.